So, yep, for our um the core part of today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to really talk any college today. It wasn't too much to talk about in terms of the college realm, but we will be back on that next week and the following weeks because of the NFL draft, obviously. We're going to talk prospects, have guests on, you name it, this, that, and the other. Me and Josh are going to cover it. But for this week, we're going to just mainly stick with the professional football league, uh, the NFL. And we're going to continue our uh, divisional reviews. We did one episode to, uh, as Josh just reminded me, and uh, we want to continue those and, you know, give everybody a, a division by division look and give our takes on each division, each team, each roster, this, that, and the other. And we're going to go into the AFC South, which is the division I know the best as a Jaguars fan. As you all know, if you haven't heard episode two, we covered the NFC East already. Uh, with the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and um, one more team I'm missing, Redskins. and the Washington Redskins. So this time we're going to flip it around, look at the Texans, the Colts, the Titans, and the Jags, and we're going to start with the team that actually won the division, that being the Houston Texans, ladies and gentlemen. As we all know, they went and they were eliminated in the first round <laughs> to the Indianapolis Colts, which is, you know, they – Two teams that know each other well, obviously. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, it probably wasn't the easiest game for the Texans, especially with their flaws, that being the offensive line, which we're going to talk on here. But uh, we got all our stats accumulated here and whatnot. Uh, I guess we'll start with their roster in terms of um, what's their strengths and weaknesses. And then, like, I mean, upon looking at this, or or better yet, I should say even without looking at this, I mean, obviously, the offensive line is a weakness, right, Josh? You would definitely agree with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson was sacked. I can't remember the number. Uh, but he was he was sacked quite a lot, and that's not good for a quarterback that's mobile, especially. And I'm not saying he was sacked because he was running around the pocket uh, with his head cut off, but he was, he was sacked quite a bit because of the linemen he had in front of him. As we all know, they had DeJuan Brown. They traded him, I think, if they, it might have been last year or year before last, but that was, you know, their standout left tackle, their star player, no longer there. So uh, clearly, that's a weakness. Uh, on, on the defensive side, not so much. We all know what they're capable of on defense. Uh, you know, JJ Watt, Jadavion Clowney, uh, still got Whitley Merciless, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think. Well, their weakness is they were still bad against the pass, um, even though they let go of. Uh, I mean, they let go of Matthew last, was it last year or the year before? The year before. Yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew? Yeah, I think it was the year before. No, they let him go this year. Oh, this year? Yeah, because he went to the, you know, he just signed with the Chiefs this month. Okay, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Um, Even with Tyron Matthew, um, that's right, because he came from the Cardinals. I'm sorry. Right. Um, They were still 28th in the league against the pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they had a good front seven. I guess they could rest the quarterback with Clowney and Watt. But right. I mean, in the backside, they really they still couldn't defend anybody. Right, right. And, I mean, that made sense because when I'm looking – I mean, I know they had Aaron Colvin, who they took from us as Nickelback. As, but the thing with Colvin, he didn't play that much. He was injured. You know, so, like, I know a lot of people were saying he was, like, a waste of – uh, I think he had like a $20 million contract he got last year in free agency or something like that, something mm-hmm. to that extent. Uh, Tashawn Gibson went there this year because we cut him. 
So that makes sense that, you know, that secondary, you know, it, it, that sounds about right when you look at it from that perspective. So, I mean, clearly what's up? Uh, I mean, obviously we just named weaknesses, but in your opinion, Josh, uh, like where, where are they strong at when you look at the roster as a whole? Well, like I said, the front seven and the receiving core. Right. Um, receiving core, they got not only Hopkins, but they got one healthy. They got Fuller, Kute, um Who's that? Kiki Kuti. Yeah. Mm. Um, or maybe it's Kuti. Yeah, yeah, it's Kiki Kuti. I was about to say I'm saying it backwards. But. It definitely got some, uh, you know, weapons for Deshaun. And then that front seven, um, you know, right. was obviously J.J., Jadavian, Merciless. Yeah. I mean that's a really that's a strong suit, um, but it seems it seems to me like the Texans just don't get any better. I mean, other than drafting Deshaun Watson, right? It seems like even before then, you know, when they had a mediocre quarter, a mediocre quarterback, and they were going in the playoffs, mm-hmm. some some of those years by default because the decision because the division was so bad, right? Um, it just seems like the Texans don't get any better from year to year, and it, I agree. Whether it be their, you know. They had a running back in Lamar Miller, or uh, whether it be, you know, it just it just seems like they they stay in the middle of the road. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They like stay they, neutral. Yeah, they're neutral. They really don't excel in anything, and they really don't. Well, none of these teams really, besides maybe I mean the Colts got Andrew Luck back last year, but none of these teams really have any excellent. Ex- excellent points, I guess, or anything that can dominate the division other than the Jags defense mm-hmm. when they're disciplined. Right. And when they're, you know, they're playing how they were two years ago. So, I mean, the, it's going to be like that when we talk about the Titans. They really don't have anything to dominate the, to dominate the game when they need to. Right. So, I mean, I mean, they got, like you said, they, they, they have strengths. I mean, every team has strengths, but clearly – um, even the Redskins, who you know, like we were saying, like they had one of the bottom tier rosters, but even yeah. they have a secondary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I mean, it just seems like the Texans, like I said before, they just don't get, they just don't get better, or they just don't. I don't. Maybe it's the coaching that's not taking them over. The I top. was just about to say that. Yeah. Um. It just, just seems like they don't. Either they don't have, either they don't have that next gear, or they don't. Uh, they just don't know how to get to it. But either way, it just seems like they're never going to get over there. Right. You you mentioned the point that I want to get on there, and that's uh, the coach and Bill O'Brien. He's been there roughly four or five years, if I can recall correctly. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. It, it, their flaws especially show in the playoffs, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. They, I mean, they've always been a one-and-done team in the playoffs, or they always been, you know, they'll barely get it. They'll scrap past the first round if they can even do that, and then second round, you know, they're they're done. Like, nobody – and that's the reason nobody really views the Texans as a Super Bowl contender. It's because of the playoffs. When they get to the playoffs, people have questions. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, in terms of the roster weaknesses – you know, clearly having a terrible offensive line, and they had that the year before as well, yeah. uh, because I can recall Calais Campbell getting four sacks in the the season opener, not in 2018, but 2017. Yeah, I remember and, that game. Yeah, like, like four, three or four turnovers back to back. Yeah, and yeah. and um, the Jets got a, a franchise high of 10 
uh, sacks that yeah. game. Yeah. Just ridiculousness. And it don't seem like the offensive line got much better after that the year after. So they're dealing with that. So you got a franchise quarterback that's running for his life that needs an offensive line and it, it needs to be addressed. And it's not like, you know, I mean, I guess you can't go into free agency and fix your offensive line automatically. It depends on how if the class is strong where you need help. But, you know, they had the funds to, I think, when you look at the last two years, they had the funds to, you know, shore up that offensive line if the the the, the free agents were there to free it up. But yeah. I guess nonetheless they didn't do that. And obviously in the draft they haven't been hitting on the offensive line. This has been an ongoing problem is what I'm saying yeah. for at least two years. And like I say, in, in 2017, they their offensive line was, a tr- like, just horrible. Yeah. Horrible, atrocious, atrocious offensive line. And then – the Colts that year, I'm talking about 2017, they had one too because I remember them being like two of the worst offensive lines in football, if not the worst. But the Colts, in their credit, fixed it in 2018. We're still seeing the same issues with the Texans. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, this class does have some good offensive linemen in the second and third, fourth rounds. We'll see if they can address that there. But I, I just don't understand. I mean, you got – you, de- you damn sure got your quarterback now. And you, mm-hmm. you're just not putting They're wasting his prime. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason he got hurt his first year. Mm-hmm. Because he, he – well, how did he get hurt? He got hurt on the sideline? Or? Well, I think in his first year he actually got hurt in practice. Right. Now I think about it. I think he oh, – yeah, it was just a misfortune. Yeah, just like – But even still, I mean, it wasn't like he came in the – it wasn't like he came out of college fully healthy. I mean, he had uh, – I think he tore one of his ACLs in college, right? Yeah, yep. And he said, "Yeah, knee problems before. You just gotta. This guy's not gonna. I mean, no quarterback is gonna, you know, stay healthy regardless. Uh, I mean, if you got a weak offensive line, but especially a guy who's injury prone, right? Or yeah. He's he, got, or if he's got, uh, if he's had knee problems in the past, I mean, you gotta protect this guy, especially a talent like him, who's probably gonna, him and Mahomes are probably gonna be the future of this league. Mm-hmm. You gotta right. protect him, man. Right." And, I mean, if y'all saw, you know, last – the last – or listen to the last podcast, spoiler, you know, I said he's my favorite quarterback, and I feel like his years is being wasted. I mean, of course, when he played Jazz, I ain't trying to see him flourish. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But aside from that, it seems like, you know, when he's playing other teams, he's running for his damn life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, every – you know, I mean, yeah, you they, he had, they have Hopkins when he can get the ball to him, mm-hmm. you know, but – you know, with this offensive line has to get fixed, and it needs to get fixed immediately because it's just been a problem that's been going on for so, so long. You're just starting to wonder, you know, that like I said, they're wasting not so much his prime because he's real young, but you he's they race, wasting the prime of this defense. Yeah. You know, J.J. Watt, we seeing him get up there in age. We kind of seeing where the Rob Green, you know, he was he was – pretty solid last year mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys you got to start viewing in the light as Rob Gronkowski when it comes to injuries yeah. because the injuries he's had eventually take a toll on you yeah. at some point so you know they, they're wasting his prime uh, Jadavion Clowney he's you know under 25 years old he'll be there for a while but it's like it's guys like White and you know the the older guys they have on the defense side of the ball you have to worry about how long they'll last and um, this that and the others. So, uh, I was looking up real quick. As of December the 18th, he had been sacked. Let's see. Watson sacked 52 times from what I'm reading here. Is that from two years or this? 
You know what I'm saying? For the for the season of um last, last season. season. Yeah. Yeah. Which up? is is absurd. I was trying to like hurry up and find uh the team that's almost is that three and Okay, and nope, I found it here. Sixty two sacks on the season is how many they gave up. And that's from two four seven sports dot com. And that's that's accurate because I remember yeah, now that I think about it, I remember when I was researching the Texans when they played the Jags. I, when I remember researching this, when they played us, because they played us in the season finale or in in the regular season finale, yeah. And yeah, they were in the the fifty, the high fifties or the sixties then. So yeah. that that's accurate. The sixty two that um, like I say, I just googled it on two four seven sports. That's almost four. That's almost four sets a game. That's way too high. That's ridiculous for your twenty three, twenty four year old quarterback that ain't even for one that ain't even made it out of his rookie deal. Right. You know so. And just imagine how many times he was sacked last year with the line being worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, you know, Blake Bortles went through it for a little bit, you know, like for a year or two where he was constantly hit. We saw, we all saw with that, you know, where that put him in terms of mechanics and, you know, getting the ball where it needed to be. Now, he, need our mind, very durable quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, but it took a toll in terms of his performance is what I'm saying. So, yeah. that being said, um, I've we pretty much covered the weaknesses. I mean, which I'm looking at here on CBS Sports. Uh, I I do see like wide receiver. Um, I don't think they need. I mean, like between Hopkins, I, I think receivers an issue because of health. Yeah. You know, uh, Demarius Thomas, who um he actually has a sister that went to Darton College here in Albany. Um, shout outs to him. But anyway, long story short, yeah, he was injured towards ACL. They haven't re-signed him yet. I think he's still on um, the free agent wire, if I'm not mistaken. ACL was his Achilles. Might have been his Achilles. You're probably right. It was one. It was a uh, lower body limb. Yeah. Okay. It was an LBI injury. And um, it sidelined him for the season. And then you look at, um, like I say, Will Fuller. I think he's had injury issues. I know he didn't finish the season for yeah. sure. He was on IR. But I think even before this year, He's been kind of injury prone, so that makes sense. I mean, they got Nook Hopkins, they got um Braxton, um Braxton Miller, they got Cote. I think they still have enough to get it done when their offensive line is healthy, you know. But I mean, I think this is a wide receiver is an issue on top of the offensive line being bad. It's is what I'm saying. But if the offensive line was there, wide receiver wouldn't really be an issue because I think Watson could get it to the guys that he has, you know, that that have been healthy. Like Cote and um, like Nook Hopkins and like Braxton Miller, though I don't have the stats on me, uh, like right now. But Miller's playing for the Eagles now, by the way. He is okay, yeah. so he got he a free agent. But um, you know maybe they could use a guy later in the draft. But I don't see that as like an immediate need. Uh, safety, and again, this was done by CBS Sports before free agency. So this is all starting to make sense now. Safety they picked up to Sean Gibson. Yeah, clearly he gonna start if you you would think. Um, interior offensive line we talked about that offensive line is is atrocious. Offensive tackle atrocious. Gave up sixty four sacks as I said. Uh, tight end Josh actually mentioned this. Uh, they don't have a standout tight end even though I think Ian Thomas had a decent season. Uh, um, but they don't have a number one tight end. Yeah, you know it's it's what that's referring to. Uh, cornerback, Josh referred to that as well. You know, on that back end, they struggle, clearly. Running back, uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I wrote that down. That what Were they in the rushing, I think? Were they third or, or no? 
Yeah, they were third. They were third. Okay, well, so number like me and you said, a lot of that came probably came from Deshaun. Right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right. Right. Yeah. So you would think that's not from a running back, you know. But yeah. and again, Deshaun Watson had to just make do and and get out of the pocket at times. So you know that makes sense from that perspective. And um, a pass rusher, which again that kind of makes sense from the JJ White perspective. What mm-hmm. I was saying, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's had some injuries that you know in the end could make him his career maybe a little shorter than he wants it to be and he's even expressed the willingness he he's even said you know he doesn't want to retire like banged up and and just extremely beat up you know he wants to end on good terms in terms of his body or at least leave the game with a decent body you know so i can see that you know i can understand why you know i mean even though they do got you know uh worse merciless at linebacker and they got a clowny but still, you know, they could they could use an additional rotational person there. So um, that's the Texans in a nutshell, pretty much. Uh, we'll see what they do this year. Um, they've certainly been a thorn in the Jaguars' foot despite all these issues. A lot of teams have been a thorn in the Jaguars' foot. But, uh, yeah, they uh, you know, we'll see where they go and if they can improve their record. But one more thing, like if, if it don't get better from here, I think Bill O'Brien needs to be fired. I think he fall in place with all of the other Bill Belichick disciples mm-hmm. that, you know, haven't panned out. Well, you know, I, think, I mean, I think, like, I think of them, I think Vrabel has potential, although he's with the Titans, I guess. But in terms of, like, what he did in one year with the Titans make me believe that the best is yet to come for him. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen the best of Bill O'Brien is what I'm trying to say. And I think he got kind of got a – I think he kind of got a pass because, you know, the Texans were, Texans were making the playoffs. But like I said, you know, they were making the playoffs in a bad division. Right. You know, other than the Jazz winning it, what, two years ago? Right. I mean, they were just winning it just because almost by default. So Right. And they weren't, like like I said before, they weren't dominating the division. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now you got, now you got like I said, you got Andrew Luck back in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jazz finally got their quarterback. Right. Well, Hopefully, a quarterback, a, a one better than what they had. Yeah. So, um, so, and you know, like you said, the Titans got Mike Vrabel. Right. Vrabel. Um, who got he? Who knows how to max? Well, just based off of last year, who knows how to maximize the best out of his roster? Yeah. Because you could argue they shouldn't have finished with nine wins. You can argue. Yeah. So you obviously he know he's a leader amongst men. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and and like you said with the Texans. You know, the division is stronger now. Um, yeah. You know, the GMs are a little bit wiser now. The coaching is better now. The quarterback play is better now. The AFC South, you could argue, could be the future of football. You could argue. When you look at the young pieces, you, you got a Watson. You know, you got a Luck, Andrew Luck. You know, you got um, Chris Ballard, who is the GM for the Colts, who's one of the ascending GMs. Like, you could argue Chris Ballard, who we, I guess we can segue into now, was like arguably the executive of the year after the team he put together. Oh, yeah. um, and we're talking about the the Colts GM right there again, um, ladies and gentlemen. And what the um, the Colts did was just miraculous in one year in terms of a turnaround. Um, they obviously a elite offense. They were like top ten in three of the categories I had wrote down er- earlier, and that's that being points, uh, yards per game, and, and passing yards. I know. Uh, they went through three games, if I'm not mistaken, three, four, or maybe even five games where Andrew Luck wasn't sacked once. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, writing about that because when they came into Jacksonville for the first game, week 10, 
he hadn't been touched for three games. And, like, the question was, can anybody get to Andrew Luck was the big question. So, I mean, obviously, when it comes to strength and weaknesses, okay, like I just said, it's the offense that's their strong suit. But when you look at the offense, of course, the run game has always been an issue for them. I mean, like, that seems like something we always mention with the Colts year by year. Yeah. It's the run, even, like, with Peyton Manning. But, yeah, yeah they had Adrian James, you know, but, like, people – it was something to be desired from the run game still. And I think that's transitioning into this day and age where, I mean, they got the weapons, obviously, offensively on, on the, the perimeters in terms of receivers. They got Andrew Luck. They got Eric Ebron. You know, they got these guys. They got the offensive line. But I just think all of they I – don't, I don't think it's necessarily that the offensive line isn't a good run-blocking line with people like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly up front. Mm-hmm. I think they have the potential. I just think they just need a powerhouse workhorse back, a number one guy. You know, I mean, we mentioned uh, Marlon Mack, who's excellent, you know, after the after contact, if I'm not mistaken. He was like one of the best after contact uh, college prospects of his draft, which was last year's draft, I mm-hmm. think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, like, clearly they need a number one. Yeah. In my opinion, they need that workhorse number one guy. They need a, I guess you could say, a, a Leonard Fournette minus the in, in, injuries, you know, one that can stay healthy. Um, they need a Derrick Henry. If you're looking within the division, you know, they need a Derrick Henry-like or or just somebody that can stay healthy and be a number one. I know there was a lot of talk of them being in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. Me and you even talked about it. We thought they were going to throw the bank at him. Mm-hmm. Um Clearly, the GM didn't see need to do that. Maybe he'll take a, G, uh, a running back in the draft. Um, but that said, in your opinion, like in totality, what's your outlook on this this team, the Indianapolis Colts as a whole? Well, Colts kind of did last year what the Cowboys uh, did. Uh, where they, uh, I want to say, they dominated the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, they they really didn't have a running game. Like I mean, they, of course, they didn't have Zeke, but what they were doing were they were keeping the ball. Well, first of all, they were, yeah, they were uh, they were first in third down conversions yeah. you know, the whole league. Um, so what that means is they were staying on the field, and they were keeping possession of the ball. And when you got Andrew Luck keeping possession of the ball, it's gonna be very hard for you to win the game. Yeah, that's true. Um, they were what they were fifth in points, seventh in yards, um. But what I really want to talk about is the the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense seemed like it was uh, starting to turn a corner last year. Mm-hmm. They, they just, were better than I expected. Yeah, they yeah. could definitely stop people. Right. Um, matter of fact, they were eighth against the pass last year. I mean, well, my bad. They were eighth against the run last year, which, you know, we had a distance of Darius, the emergence of Darius Leonard. And, mm-hmm. um, I know they had big Jonathan Hankins last year. He ain't with them th- now. I think he went elsewhere in free right. agency. But they had Hankins. You know, that's somebody you know from the Giants, you know, in the in the trenches, helping them out there. Yeah. So, yeah. It just seems like they finally – something finally clicked for them a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of, the, one of the reasons that they uh, made it to the playoffs, um, it, it took them a little while for them to get started. You know, Andrew Luck had to get used to um, playing again. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, he had been gone so long, you know, like – 
I don't think people realize, yeah, he been playing football all his life, but, he, you know, you just don't wake up and start slinging the football like you once did two years ago. You know, he spent a lot of time away from football. Yeah. I think that, me personally, I think they would have won the division. Um, they would have had a little bit of start. Um, yep. The last half of the season, they were really behind the Chiefs and the Patriots. I think they were the best team in the AFC. Right. Um, they just didn't have the record to show it. Right. I mean, they – I keep going back to this. Uh, remember when the Cowboys were trying to make the playoffs and they won like six straight or something like that. Yeah. Then they went and played the Colts and the Colts just the Colts just whipped them. They they beat them all around the field. Like it just um they got them hands. Yeah, they the Colts, <laughs> the Colts did to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys were doing to everybody else. They were dominating the ball. They were converting on third down. They were. Uh, it was just making the game ugly for the for the Cowboys. Right, they gave them a dose of their own medicine. Yeah. In other and, words, and it, um, I think next year, if they uh, they get even more weapons on the defensive side, and uh, like you said, they probably need another running back. Um, everybody in the division in this division is going to be chasing the Colts, especially if Andrew Luck. I mean, he's going to come back even healthier than he was last year. Right. Um, with more of a chemistry with another year under Frank Wright, who we've I've praised on this show before. Yeah. You know, so you gotta all of that experience together is Yeah. You know. So I mean future's looking bright for the Colts right now. Um But what I guess they really have a no name defense, I guess. Well, it was kinda like that when Peyton was playing with him other than Bob Sanders and Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeman. Dwight Freeman, I mean, other right. than that. They, um, yeah, back then, it's the way I put it, I think I've said this in the, the podcast before, they finessed you to death Yeah. back in the day. And they still, they, they feel like they can finesse you to death now on offense and defense. You know, it ain't, you know, of course, they don't have your, your big rugged run interior defenders. But like you said, like they got the job done against the run, like, and mm-hmm. I, that's kudos to Chris Ballard. Like I say, he came from the Kansas City tree, another one of them guys that knows how to obviously spot talent. We talked about what they saw in Patrick Mahomes that a lot of other teams didn't see, mm-hmm. you know, traded up to get him, this, that, and the other. And you look at uh all of the other additions this tree has made in terms of scouting. From they obviously they know talent. I mean, Tyreek Hill is one that's coming to mind, and um. Uh, Kareem Hunt comes to mind. Like, they, you know, they know what they're doing. John Dorsey, who is with the Browns now, mm-hmm. you know, we, he turned the Browns around in one year pretty much, you know, making moves that people were like, oh, man, like, like this guy knows what he's doing. Like, he turned them around pretty fast. So, right. yeah, I think they're in good, in terms of the GM, they're in good hands because Ryan Griggs and sure as hell didn't know what he was doing. Oh, my God. Like, that <laughs> – like, I, I've never seen somebody – stick around so long for one pick right. in my life and that one pick is Andrew Luck who fell in they like you got the first overall pick my nephew Jared who doesn't scout at all know you should take Andrew Luck with the first overall pick when you look back at that draft you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. like, that's that was the water's wet pick but now they actually got somebody in the front office that knows what he's doing yeah. that knows how to scout talent that knows how to not only do that but find the right pieces in terms of a coaching staff like yeah. i said he got frank right paired him with andrew luck and i knew then i i, I referred back to the last episode episode four 
I knew then, like, when Josh McDaniels left and they said Frank Wright was going to be the guy who was going to play or, or be the coach there instead, I was like, I wish they would have got McDaniels instead, to be honest with you. Because, yeah. you know, Frank Wright may be a better offensive mind than him. But I digress from my point. Um, I'm looking here at their off uh, their biggest offseason needs. And these are probably still pretty accurate because the Colts didn't really do nothing in free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you would think, I mean, I see wide receiver here. Me and you talked about this. They do have T.Y. Hilton. They do have Eric Ebron. But they don't have that big Allen Robinson type of receiver, you know, or Des Bryant in his prime type of go up for 50-50 balls and get it type of receiver. I mean, yeah, Eric Ebron clearly is that. And could be that if he was on the outside, but in terms of a number one receiver, they they could use that. Yeah. And I saw where they had Harry and uh, and kill Harry as a suggestion for the scene here on CBS Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a rival of the Colts, or if you if even if you're not a fan of the Colts, you you do not want harry going to that team i'm telling y'all right now just like i told y'all we didn't want frank right going there you, <laughs> you it's gonna be a lot of hell to pay if that young man goes and he could very it could very well happen uh goes to the colts um I, I wouldn't be shocked if they looked at him at the first pick and again i go back to chris ballard knowing talent he might pull the trigger on him late in the first round mm. I would and I would probably be upset with that, but time will tell. But yeah, I mean they could use a receiver, even though they they are one of the better passing attacks without that number one guy. Like which goes to show you just how good of a roster this is. But uh, nonetheless, they could go with that, but it's not a pressing need. If is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. They could use a cornerback. I I do recall looking up their cornerbacks. There were some no name guys. No disrespect, but when um they played us both times, I was like. Jacksonville need to expose these corners because I don't know neither one of these guys, in yeah. other words. And I think, like, on PFF, both of them had, like, no more than a 65 in terms of a grade, which ain't horrible. But still, like, you know, you got to expose that if you're an opponent, basically, yeah. and teams going to look to expose that. Um, safety, they have, uh, oh, man, Malik Hooker. But they need a strong safety to go with them, yeah. obviously. So uh, they drafted Malik Hooker what two years ago out of Ohio? It's yeah he's, I think he yeah it's been two years. So yeah Malik Hooker needs a counterpart or you know he needs a partner a dance partner back there in the backfield. Um, interior lineman as I talked as I mentioned already you know Hankins is gone. Yeah. So that makes sense you know and they you know they need that gritty nose tackle that do all the dirty work that eat up double teams and you know that that could help them improve their run game which was already good to begin with but they do need that guy there um they need a pass rusher i know they have jabal sheard but jabal sheard is at best in my opinion a second tier pass rusher you know like let's just hypothetically if he was on the jaguars he'd be the second string pass rusher yeah is what i'm saying but you know obviously you know they don't have anybody that's better than him on their team so yes they could use a pass rusher tight end we talked about eric ebron um I don't think so either, unless they're talking about it in terms of a blocker, um, because <laughs> Eric Ebron don't do no inline blocking <laughs> at all, <laughs> and when he does, it's not pretty. Obviously, um, a linebacker, yeah, they could use somebody to go with uh, Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really their only standout linebacker. If I mean, in terms, he's really their only standout in terms of the back seven. 
when you think about it because well, like I said mo- besides hooker yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah yeah so they could use a linebacker there but um I think me and Josh do agree that this team is headed in the right direction um they have a good roster one of the best rosters in football they have one of the best front office in f- front offices in football and um the future is bright for them I I can't wait to see them and the, um the Chiefs like duel it out and more yeah yeah down the road because it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome man like I think they got next in the AFC um I hope the Jaguars can overtake them but y'all heard my take on that on the Jags then I think we're in trouble but we'll see it's um, crazy uh you know before the season started people were really worried mm-hmm. whether or not luck was gonna come back or if if he came back whether or not he would come back to true form but right it only took him a couple of games so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 um. Very fortunate that injury wouldn't, you know, because it, it, it seemed like it was going to be like a lingering, devastating type of deal. Like, it was just so well, many he, question marks. Well, he even, I mean, I think it was back. I mean, he kept having setbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. He was having, like, I think inflammation issues, yeah. you know, and this, that, and other. But now he's he's back in 100% clearly, and, he, you know, he only going to get stronger in that arm, you would think. I mean, if it went nothing chronic, you know, right. you would think he's gonna only get stronger. So, we'll we'll definitely be checking that out as um Jaguars fans and seeing where where that roster goes and what the future holds for them. So next is the Tennessee Titans. Everybody know I uh, pretty much throw up on the sight of them. I would I think <laughs> Josh knows my distaste for them, and I yeah. think uh Phil and Jacob would agree with me here. As uh, Jazz fans, uh, I, I really don't want to talk about these guys, but, you know, this is part of the show. Uh, that being said, I mean, with the roster, clearly just off the top of my head without even, like, clicking on this, which is loading in terms of that depth chart, um, obviously they have the offensive tackles of the future. They have the best pair of offensive tackles in football. If you're talking about a pair mm-hmm. in terms of two um Taylor Lewan, obviously, and um, my man that's escaping my name that came from Michigan State, who Jack Conklin, that mm-hmm. we, we just watched Michigan State on basketball, by the way, y'all, who going to the Final Four, shout-outs to them. But, uh, yeah, Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewan, just a dominant force, even though Conklin missed, uh, like, I think four to five weeks from uh, recovering from an injury he had pre- previously. But when they are together on the field and they're 100% and the chemistry is there, clearly – Nobody's going to beat these guys in terms of a pair. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Uh, but it's I think their issue lies in between those two. <laughs> it's, it's the center and the guard positions. And, I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people, when you think of the Titans, you think of Derrick Henry and his power run game and the dominance. But I think with them, a lot of those yards could come so much more easier for him yeah. if they had the right guards. Like, I mean, it's it's – they got the perfect running back for them because with their interior, in terms of the offensive line, he's going to get hit a lot behind the offensive line. He's going to get hit two yards into positive yardage a lot. And they he's perfect for them because they need somebody who can break tackles and, you know, in terms of um getting their run game going. So that's that's pretty much their offense. Um, Josh, I don't know what I got written over there on their defense in terms of their stats, but I'm pretty sure, like, especially with Mike Vrabel, they're pretty decent, you know, at the least. Yeah, they're top 10 and everything except uh, 
pass defense that's surprising considering mm-hmm. the secondary they got. But um, the Titans are very Titans are very boring to watch. I guess. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, other than a, you you're really not a fan of Mariota, but I'm really, I really like the. I guess his playmaking ability, what he mm. can do. Yeah, he, uh, he can make something out of nothing. Um, at times. But other than that, I mean, these guys are just. They bland, it's, bro. It's painful to watch them. <laughs> it's bland. They I mean, bland. Compared to the Steve McNair days. Uh, right. It's just. Right. Uh, yes, especially compared to the Steve McNair days where he was out there throwing dimes at wheel. You know, like. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. I mean. They, they run the ball like I mean it's, they try to dominate the game, but they really don't. Right. They right. really don't have. Except when they play us, that's it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they really don't seem to to do anything that they can control the game. Well. Like yeah, yeah, it just. I don't know. Like I really don't. Well, obviously, I don't watch a lot of t- Titans football, but I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just. Well, it is Ravens' first year, so I, I really shouldn't, you know. I guess I judge them off the past couple of years, but right, it it, it really made me, it really frustrated me uh, about how they couldn't, you know, they really couldn't beat teams like that. But then I get, I guess it's a rivalry thing where they could always take advantage of the Jaguars. Yeah, that that frustrates us more than anything, man. Um, so it's just. I don't know. The Titans are almost like the Texans to me. Um, they really don't excel in one area. Right. Um, they really don't dominate the game in any area. Other than, I mean, unless Derrick Henry does what he did the last three games of the season, which is just run all over people. Right. Um, but, you know, football's in the field's different now. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that every game. Yeah, that's true. Um It's just, I don't know where this team is going, it, especially the way Mariota doesn't. Mariota doesn't. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that with the running game, mm-hmm. you at least got to have a a competent quarterback. I mean, Mariota's. I mean, he's mediocre to be honest with you. Right. In um, terms of a passer, yeah. 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 Very mediocre. He doesn't give the. He doesn't give the team another option. Right, uh, he's Dak Prescott to a lesser degree. Yeah, you know, a boring version of Dak Prescott, yeah. minus all the weapons. Really, if you get down to it, we you know, like, Dak got the the passing threats, which make him more exciting than. Well, they, to be honest, they got the same. They equal in passing threats. Other than, I mean, they got Mari Cooper now, but before then, I mean, you could say that receiving core is almost even. Right. And they had Delaney, but Delaney was hurt this year. Delaney yeah. Walker. Um, so, yeah, that made them even more boring to watch there. Yeah, the Titans just don't jump off the screen when you watch them. Right, I'm I don't saying, understand. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if you're going to dirty up the game or, or, you know, try to dominate teams with the running game, they they still do it, but they don't put points up. Right. 
So I mean, it's a snoozer. Yeah, pretty much more more times than not, it's a snoozer. I mean, mm-hmm. not just when they playing Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, they beat the crap out of us this year. But even like in the in years past, like they it's normally close, low scoring sixteen to fourteen yeah, games. They were twenty ninth in the league in passing yards. And they right. Were seventh and they were seventh in rushing yards, but they were twenty seventh in points per game. So, right. I mean, so they they're trying to run the ball, but they can't put the ball in the end zone. You got if you're gonna do that, you got to at least put the ball in the end zone. They're right. not even doing that. Right. And then, like I said, they can't even pass the ball. They were almost dead last in in passing yards. Um, they were twenty fifth in yards overall. And your defense is top ten, and you can't. You're not even putting the ball in the end zone. You don't have a chance to win. Right. Right. And uh, you know, it's good that they got Ryan Tannehill. With um, yeah, with Mariota's history, yeah, maybe that'll help a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, clearly, you know, nobody's gonna run for the woods with you trotting Blaine Gabbert out there. You know, yeah. who who went to, uh, he went to Bruce Arians like this week or last week. He went to the ta- um Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So clearly, I mean, like he went in their long term plans. They know they needed an upgrade. Is what I'm saying at the. Uh, backup quarterback position and I'm not even this big fan because he's coming up on the contract year like I'm not the well yeah actually as a Jaguars fan I do want to see them give Marcus Mariota a hundred million dollar contract because that would be as funny as all get out to me but I don't think like Marcus Mariota isn't a guy that I would be running uh, to the bank to pay this these next level contracts that we're seeing at the quarterback position these days He's not the guy that I would want. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, you know, he compliments this defense well because he don't, you know, he you know, he just he works with what he has. But he ain't a guy that's going to – you looking at – when you look at, like, what quarterbacks are making these days and the next guy get paid more than the next guy and the next guy get paid, there's no way you can tell me that Marcus Mariota contract belongs anywhere in the same tier with Aaron Rodgers. No. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, don't get in the mid tier quarterback. Right. Don't get me wrong. I know they're not going to pay him like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. but quarterbacks are kind of getting like the gap ain't going to be that big of a gap when you look at it at the end of the day, if they decide to pay Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, like you, I mean, it's kind of what I, you know, people that listen to jazz then, you know, I was skeptical of throwing a lot of money at Nick Foles or this, that, and the other. But I think even Nick Foles is more worthy of a, a contract of that tier than Marcus Mariota is. Yeah. Because I think what you're going to be looking at, and Titans fans aren't going to say this, but people on the outside looking in know the day that he signs that contract, if he does, they know then and there that he's not going to fulfill what the figures that's tied to that contract. He's not going to fulfill it in terms of a performer on the field. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I'm going to definitely be watching to see if they – because I would love to see them throw away their cap money like that. I mean, they still will probably beat us twice a year. But, but that being said, um, yeah, he, he's a guy that I, – I just think an upgrade is needed, man. You know, yeah. like Josh said, you know, it's we, we came from an era where we watched Steve McNair's kids – just do the most amazing things yeah. and now it's just they they super bland and they I, I mean i mean bland like alabama uniform bland yeah you know so like, uh, well like i said it's just i really don't i'm, I'm i like the way it's the tight i i like the way the titans play 
Like, yeah, I'm, physical I'm, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, I'm cool like with that. Like right. To, you know, try to dominate people. But mm-hmm. and I'm cool with Mike Brable's. You know his his philosophy. Yeah. I like Mike Brable. I love Mike Brable. Yeah, but like I said, they gonna do that. They gotta put the ball in the end zone. Right. You can't go down there kick a field goal. I, I, it was one game they couldn't even they couldn't even get the ball in the end zone or they couldn't kick a field goal. Like it just like you gotta put up points if you're gonna do that. Right. You have to. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with being a run heavy team and get if if you getting the ball in the end zone. Yeah, you like, know, like if you putting if you, for if if you rely too much on your defense. Well, first of all, if you say you got the ball and you going you going on six minute, seven minute drives mm-hmm. and you only getting three points, eventually, you know, all the team really needs say you do that for what, three drives, three right. four drives, you got twelve points. Team only need two drives to beat you. Right. They only need two touchdowns. So I mean, you got it. Just can't be field goals. You gotta you gotta put the ball in the end zone. Yep. And it's it's funny you bring something up. Um, that like I, I when I look at them, I kind of think about the Jags in twenty seventeen where they were first in rushing. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it, like, in in uh, what Josh was saying is, yeah, the Jaguars were round. You know, they were grounded, pound the ball. But when it came to the red zone, Blake Bortles was the red zone king as much as that, as crazy as that sounds. I never thought I'd say that. But then he was a red zone king. He got the job done in terms of red zone efficiency. And not only that, you know, the Jaguars weren't just all Leonard Fournette despite being number one in rushing. You know, there was Keelan Cole added contributions. You know, we were that one, one of the games where Keelan Cole just lit up the Seahawks. You know, that D.D. Westbrook came through when Leonard Fournette, you know, when the box was being stacked. The Titans don't have nobody that can do that. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's disappointing when you get down to it. And it, it, that needs to change because they've been this way for at least two to three years. Ever since and, they got Mariota. Yeah, and, and it's not appealing at all. But, hey, we'll see um, if they make the necessary adjustments in the draft, if they make the additions. I mean, the first wave of free agency is over. It's not anybody that can really make an impact out there for them mm-hmm. in terms of offensively. Um, so I, I guess the draft is where their story will be told in terms of, you know, what they can do offensively and, um, you know, they can add some more people defensively. Again, looking at these needs on CBS, we pretty much talked about this. I mean, um, running back, yes, they do need somebody behind Derrick Henry. It's all Derrick Henry. Dave, David Fluell, and I don't think I seen David Fluell hit the field once. Wasn't Deion Lewis was on that team? Think they do? Yeah, I forgot about Deion Lewis. So yeah, yeah, okay, they may be good there. I mean, yeah, I guess like from my perspective, what I was saying, they may need a number three behind him because I don't, I don't, I don't think I have seen Fluell on the field. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like. If you got your top two, you you pretty much good at that point because your third string don't really need to touch the field. But the the way they play the fit with the physicality they play, somebody gonna get hurt, yeah. and you're gonna you eventually you're gonna need to like rely on that third string guy. So that makes sense. A uh, quarterback, yeah, we talked about that. They did get um my man uh, Ryan Tannehill. So you know again this was before free agency, so they addressed that. Um, Safety, yes, they need a safety. I just told Josh about this prior. They uh, cut Jonathan Cyprian, who they got from us out of free agency two years ago or a year ago. Um, he didn't stay there very long, obviously. I mean, we knew what they were getting when they got him, and that's somebody who is terrible at angles. They finally came to grips with that, it appears. 
So um, tight end, yes, they need a tight end. Delaney Walker's getting up there in age. He had season-ending surgery last year, but I can't remember what it was. It was a lower body injury, another one of those. Um, interior offensive line, me and Josh talked about that again. Between LaJuan and um, my man Jack Conklin, they have nobody in the interior. It needs to be addressed. Um, wide receivers, they do need somebody to compliment um, Corey, Davis. Corey Davis. They do. Um, defensive tackle. They, I mean, they have um, my man. He went to the Pro Bowl. It's escaping me. He the one who called Blake Bortles out for being a horrible quarterback, and he was actually right. But um, they have him. Um, he was, you know, he was a Pro Bowler. He's been a Pro Bowler, but I think he's twenty eight years of age. I know it's a shame his name is escaping me right now. But he's been there like the most dominant defender there. But yes, they do need help alongside him. Pass rusher. That's a, I think we'll agree on that. I don't think I they have a, a name that sticks out in terms of a pass rusher. Um, I mean, other than the Rackpo, right? Yeah, a Rackpo, and he's you know he was hurt, wasn't he hurt mm-hmm. that season? Yep. So that makes sense. And cornerback, I mean, they have a Dory Jackson. Me and you talked about and Malcolm Butler and Malcolm Butler. So I, that's pr- yeah. I don't that, understand why they got yeah maybe a nickelback, but yeah, yeah I don't think they need two um, exterior corners, if you will. So. Uh, so yeah, that's the Titans in a nutshell. Um, I, I got through that. Kudos to me without throwing up on my microphone. Um, next up is the Jags. Of course, as everybody know, I covered them for the Jaguars. Why USA Today? Um, off the top of my head, I mean, I probably could go down the whole list. I've, uh, obviously, offensively is where they need help. Okay, water is wet, you know. Um, and the biggest problem to me. And, you know, it's some people that agree with me and some people that don't. You know, I've gone toe-to-toe with people on Facebook, any social media platform, you name it, that Blake Bortles was their biggest problem. I believe he was, and till this day I will. I probably still, I'll die believing he was their biggest problem. Um, And they got Nick Foles to replace him. And now I'm not saying, uh, you know, like, y'all know how I feel on Foles. Don't know if he was worth the contract. But I think the biggest thing with the Jaguars is with their defense any upgrade you can make at quarter quarterback would probably look pretty good. Yeah. You know, so pairing Nick Foles with this defense, it's not so much that Nick Foles wasn't worth the contract, but it's, he's basically coming to a situation now that's similar to the Eagles. Pretty much identical defense, you know, young players on the defensive core. Um, you know, he's coming to a situation where he has a good running back when he's healthy in Leonard Fournette, when he can stay on the field. I think the issue with the offense now with foes there, and I, I could argue that they need to still take a, a quarterback relatively high in the draft, but it's no longer the most pressing issue, and it's not even close. But I think the issues now with the Jacksonville Jaguars is they have foes. They got to find him a tight end, clearly. I mean, we've talked about how important tight ends are to this you know this eagles andy reed type scheme we've seen it with kelsey we've seen it with ebron who frank wright has we've seen it with um Ertz in philadelphia right. clearly tight end they need one um additionally they need their version of alshon jeffrey for nick Foles. that's who one of his go-to targets with the eagles as i was saying with um the colts you know they need that go up and get it 50 50 ball type of guy what Allen robinson was before they uh 
couldn't hang on to him, unfortunately. You know, that's that's hurting us to this day. Uh, they need somebody to replace him. And then on the right side of the offensive line, they clearly need a right guard. A.J. Can was resigned, but A.J. Can isn't going to wow you as an offensive lineman. And they need a right tackle, which um, Jeremy Parnell was released. They need him. He was their oldest player on the team, which 32 years of age. I think that makes Calais Campbell the oldest now that he's gone. They need a right tackle. Um, and when you want to run the ball, and I'm not going to say this is the case this year because they have John Filippo as their offensive coordinator. They could be a pass-happy team this year. We'll see. But when you want to run the ball as dominantly as the Jags like to, the right side of your offensive line, the dominant side of your offensive line needs to be strong. And I think me and Josh would agree, like, that if Leonard Fournette is a part of their long-term plans, they need to fix the right guard and right tackle positions, yeah. clear, clear, and dry. I mean, and if they want them to be healthy, they need, you know what I'm saying, they need to address that. So, uh, those are the, um, the I, off the top of my head, that's that's where they need help. They need help. Uh, Josh, what's your take on them in terms of uh, uh, overall roster? Well, it seems like they turned to the Jaguars of 2016, where mm. they were they looked undisciplined. Yep, um, that's true. They looked like they weren't on the same page. I think um, they were fifth in penalties, something like that. Yeah, and they were they went from I just looked it up. They went from plus ten and ten of them turnover margin in 2017, which is probably the best in the league. Considering how many interceptions they were getting. Yeah, and fumble recoveries, yeah. To negative 12, which was third to last in the league, 29th. Just atrocious. Yeah, that's that's a that's a huge turnaround. Mm-hmm. Considering y'all basically at the same defense, right? Right. So it just looks like, whether it be defense, whether it be offense, I mean, I know y'all had some injuries. Y'all, lost, y'all uh, let some receivers go. But, I mean, yeah, defense plays a role in turnover margin, but, you know, I'm guessing a lot of this was Blake turning the ball over, right? Right. And yeah. You had way too many fumbles on the uh, on the offensive side. Um, I think that's the difference between. I mean, the Titans were in the playoffs race. Y'all weren't even. Uh, Jags weren't even close. I mean, for y'all, were, Jesus Christ, y'all were bad on offense. Y'all were even yes. worse than the Titans. The Titans. <laughs> right. And y'all really had a better quarterback, to be honest with you. At least one that could throw the ball down the field. Right. I mean, y'all 31st in points, 27 in yards. I mean, yeah, I had a, I mean, I went up a little bit in, in running the ball. But, right. Um, yeah, I was actually bad against uh, defending the run last year. Y'all almost 20th. You know, and that goes back to what I was telling you about the 43 under. Me and you had this conversation before. Yeah, at least a lot of gaps in the defense. Yep. And um, they, you know, it was times where they got undisciplined, you know. And and Telvin Smith wasn't the Telvin Smith from last uh, the year prior. Miles Jack wasn't the Miles Jack from the year prior. And I think, well, with Miles Jack, he's just playing out of position. Yeah, he need to go back to playing. You know, where they had him in in 2017. They had him playing middle this year because mm-hmm. Paul Puzlesny retired. But he needs to go back to you know playing on the strong side and. He needs to go back to, uh, you know, being a guy that, you know, they use him differently on third down because he can cover. You know, like, they need him to be what he was then. And I think the Jags do need to find a middle linebacker. Uh, despite a lot of people not saying they need a lot of defensive help, mm-hmm. they do need to find a middle linebacker that can allow 
Miles Jack to play a more natural position to him. It just yeah. Um it just seemed like uh the Jags were relying on last year's mystique, I guess. Mm-hmm. Of you know, the whole you were gonna come in and you weren't gonna score on them or Right. They intimidate know. the hell out of your own yeah, defense. Yeah, and a lot of teams just didn't seem scared of y'all. I mean, hell. That Cowboys offense. I mean, this is before they had Amari Cooper. Right. Y'all Ran went, up y'all, and down the yeah, field. Y'all, y'all went to board. Dallas and it was just an embarrassment. Right. I mean, nobody it seems like <laughs> Cole Beasley was wide open almost every time yeah. he caught the ball. Running for days. Yeah. And, running, and just, <laughs> running straight to the studio to record <laughs> his other rap album, bro. Yeah. It just seemed, it was like an embarrassment. It seemed like you guys were just, you know, like I said, banking on last year's success on defense. Mm-hmm. You're right. And that goes to maturity. Yeah. I think they thought it's a, they're a young team. I, you know, in 2017, they were. Third youngest team in the league, twenty uh, average of twenty six years old was their average. And you know, I don't want to. You know, I like I like Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I like his talent. You know, I mean, he came from Florida State, but um, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I like his. You know, I, he's one of the top cornerbacks in the league, probably the best. If you put him up against anybody else, look at his numbers. You know, I like the whole talking and everything, but. It seems like he put a target on the whole defense. Yes. Back. Yep. And it's funny you said that because that GQ uh, magazine interview, uh-huh. the, the moment I saw that, like, yeah, everybody like jazz fans. Oh, yeah, that's King Jalen. Oh, it's funny. Blase, blase. But the thing is, he put a target on his whole defense back. And not only that, when you're Jalen, this is the thing. I don't have a problem with you talking noise, but at the end of the day, you got to have the presence of mind that, hey, Blake Bortles is my damn quarterback. Mm-hmm. The, and, you know, like, it's going to be times where teams are going to go out there and, you know, make him beat us, which he couldn't do. Yeah. And that's that therefore embarrassed him or embarrassed the whole team because they couldn't back up with last year. People figured out the, the Blake Bortles uh, algorithm it's like basically we stopped Leonard Fournette and he was hurt most of the year yeah. you stop the run we make this man beat us with his arm make mm-hmm. him go out there throw the ball 30 40 times he's gonna give us the picks he's gonna fumble the ball this that and the other this is, See, a, this is exactly what the Chiefs did the Chiefs weren't even good on defense right right and yeah like you're right with Jalen I just think like he just got caught too much up in the last year not understanding like yeah I don't, I don't even care if you trash talk like that yeah, that's fine. You, you right. drop names, but you got to go out there on the field. This is the NFL. This is right. professional. Right. These guys, they, they're not going to, like, this ain't college where, you know, they just going to take it. Right. But, I mean. Right, right. So, these, you put a target on the team back. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you know, if I'm I'm fine with talking noise, too. Like you said, talk all the noise you want. But if I'm going to go out there and put my name on the line and talk shit to GQ Magazine, mm-hmm. you better believe my quarterback going to be Tom Brady or not. Not even necessarily Tom Brady. But my quarterback's going to be decent. You know what I'm saying? Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever you want to throw out there as a mid-tier guy right now. But with Blake Bortles as my quarterback, and there's no disrespect to Blake because he's a great person and he means a lot to the city of Jacksonville. But as a football player is what we keep coming to on the Jaguars. Why as a football player, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you can't go out there and talk noise and expect the results to be what it was, yeah. especially with the division, a lot of it was the division was hurt. 
in 2017. Yeah. Watson was gone. Luck was gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, you, you went out there and dominated, you know, offensively and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, when them, them guys came back, it was all over then. Mm-hmm. So for Jalen, you know, like I just would have chose my words carefully in that interview, especially knowing my, you know, I know my boys on the defensive side can back me up. You know, I can talk all the noise I want from that perspective, but I, you know, like he had to have it in the back of his mind that Blake Bortles had a fluke year in 2017, and that's essentially yeah. what this is all about. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I, I think that's the main problem that the Jags have. I mean, other, I mean, like I said, you guys. I mean, you got your quarterback, so I mean, per se, you got a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. Like, like I said, it just seems like not only did you guys look like the 2016 Jaguars, but you had no discipline. Mm-hmm. You were committing penalties. You were like way, way too many turnovers. Um, you know, guys in the middle of the field and I mean, middle of the pack and third down conversions. Um. Josh Lambeau was our best weapon. Yeah, the kicker. <laughs> Shout out to Lambeau Guinea. And then you, know? you put that on top of, you put that on top of Jalen's comments and the whole, <laughs> and the whole. You know, you got hell. You had a target on your back without Jalen's comments. You guys went to the NFC championship, AFC championship game, took the Patriots to the brink, and you, and everybody was expecting you. You know, ESPN, CBS, whoever they were expecting. Pelt. Yeah, they were expecting y'all to be the same thing. Hell, even better. Than last year, right? And then you go out and make those comments, and you, without the comments, you don't come out and back the shit up that you you could even been better on defense than you were last year, right? All those sacks, all those turnovers, you got mm-hmm. Jalen and uh, AJ on uh, both covering the field. I mean, this right? It just you had way too much talent on the defense for y'all to be doing. For y'all well, to, yeah, yeah, for Basically. y'all to be for the record to be. For y'all to play the y'all play where y'all played last year. Yeah, and and you know they they didn't regress a lot defensively, but yeah. I see where you coming from with this. Like, you know, the, the way Jalen was talking, we were thinking this they were gonna replicate twenty uh, seventeen. Seventeen, right? And I'm not even saying they they regressed, but the the mistakes y'all were making, mm-hmm. the penalties. They, yeah, it eliminates all. Right, of that. the penalties. Right, and I was just about to chime in on that. The maturity again. Yeah. The the lack of maturity killed us you yeah. got the fights in the locker room you got yannick and gakwe and dante Fowler fighting on the practice field mm-hmm. and come on like if you want to if you want to swing on a dude and you know i'm i'm a big fan of yannick and gakwe take that shit in the locker room yeah. don't let the public see it yeah you know um you got jay glazer reporting there was fights in the locker room you know between guys like you know it, a lot of football is not just going out there and performing on the field but it's about camaraderie, and, and it's about having a stable locker room, and it's about having a mature locker room. Yeah. And, like, they, this team is a classic case of what what egos can do when, you know what I'm saying, you don't know how to handle winning. Yeah. And that's a lot of this is they don't know how to handle winning. And, oh, and well, this year, you know, you add losing into the equation. They didn't know how to handle losing. That's a lack of maturity. You know, you turn. They start turning on each other. This, yeah, that, and, and other. Jaylen, you know, well, I hate to keep going back to Jalen, but the way Jalen was answering questions, I mean, it just seemed like all them comments came back to bite him in his ass. Right. Um, right. It's just like you said. It's just a lack of maturity, man. It's just not only that. Not only that. Your offense didn't get any better. Nope. I mean, hell, you had. I mean, 
losing Fournette is not, not your fault, but especially after you lose Fournette mm-hmm. and you still go out there and continue to <laughs> continue to do the same shit over and over right. again. Right. That was getting you beat. I mean, it's getting be, getting you beat by teams that had no business being. Right, right. And you, you know, one thing I do want to chime in. A lot of people will say, "Well, you know, four, uh, five of the four, or four of the five offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen, went on IR, and that's not Blake's fault. You're right. That's not Blake Bortles' fault. Yeah. But it's the it's it's always with Blake. It's always been like we shouldn't use that as a scapegoat for Blake because it's always. At the same time, it's the stuff that he could control that he never did. He never got the mechanics right, no. okay? That's in his control, you know? that's The offensive line don't have nothing to do with you getting your mechanics right, and you throwing, you, you throwing, you missing crossing routes five yards high. You know what I'm saying? Like, five yards low. Five, whatever the case may yeah. be, you know, hitting, throwing at the cheerleaders over there, you know? They don't have nothing to do with that. So, like, he could never get his mechanics right. His mechanics, and I go back to this, his mechanics is not much better than when it was when he entered the league. Yeah. And when you five years into your career, that growth needs to be there five years. Into, and that growth especially needs to be there when you get paid the extension he got paid. Mm-hmm. And we never saw that growth. Yeah, we saw, you know, in 2017 he made strides. But again, like I go back to the mechanics, never got better. You know, and in this league, in this day and age, you know, you have to continue to get better. You can't just stall out at the 2017 Blake Bortles and, you know, that's it. You know, like, so Yeah. he never got better. So, we, you know, like, yes, the offensive line didn't help him, but at the same time, it was time. He needed to go. It was time. He had five years. You know, most quarterbacks get what? Two? Ooh, yeah. Two at the most. And for you not to show any growth over the five years you got, you know, you can't hang on to that no much longer. And there's only so much the fan base can tolerate. Like, you, if you shot Khan, you can't keep trotting that man out there six consecutive years of the same stuff. I thought it was a mistake the first time y'all gave him an extension. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. And it, especially with it, uh, going back to that, another thing with him has always been consistency. And, the, again, that's, that has to do with a lack of growth. Mm-hmm. He was always sporadic, up and down, mm-hmm. year in and year out. Even in 2017, where we could argue it was his best year, where he looked okay, he was still up and down. He'll go up and carve up the the Baltimore Ravens for 44 points. Then you come back home and you can't throw. You can't beat the Titans. Yeah, you can't complete five passes against the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You that, that's not going. I mean, and that's especially at the quarterback position. It's about consistency. And he could never establish that on top of the, you know, the lack of growth. Yeah. And um, you know, when when that when you start seeing those kind of trends, that means you got the wrong quarterback, especially for the third overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, um, that said, looking at the offensive needs, which we've pretty much covered, um, I'm seeing quarterback here is I hope it's the Jaguars. One minute, is that the Titans? Oh, well, I got the wrong stuff there. If you open it up, okay. Here we go. So, yep, going back to that. I did open it up. Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, a quarterback, which, like I said, this was done once again before the draft. I mean, before free agency. So, I mean, and I did say we still could get a second. We do need to draft somebody high, though. Yeah. We still need to do that. Um, pass rusher, they're right. I mean, yeah, we have Yannick and Gakwe. Like I said, he's gone under the radar with – 
30 sacks in three years, which is just, I don't understand how nobody knows who he is right now. He was, um, in 2017, he was rated as like the number 89 top player in, in football. Mm-hmm. So they have him and they have Calais Campbell, but Calais Campbell now is the oldest player on the team at 32 years of age. Uh, they don't really have nobody behind those guys. I know a lot of people like Dewan Smoot. He hasn't showed up yet, ladies and gentlemen. Just sorry to say. Um, and, yes, there needs to be somebody behind both of those guys who you can argue are all pros or pro bowlers at right. the least. Um, wide receiver. Uh, yeah, me and Josh talked about this a little bit. Yeah, they have they have D.D. Westbrook, who should be a solid number two. Um, yes, they have Keelan Cole in terms of potential. But he showed the stage was too big for him last year. Uh, DJ Chart just looked like a rookie last year. Yeah. I think he he might be the future of the receiver position. Yeah. But he just couldn't catch none. He just the league just overwhelmed him. Mm-hmm. So he could be a number one in due time. We'll see. But yeah, they do need if he's not the guy. Um, and they did get Chris Conley. Shout outs to the Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs in, in free agency. Um, if those two guys aren't the guy they need somebody that can fulfill that role of Allen Robinson but I don't think they're going to prioritize the receiver position that high for the reasons I just named they might get somebody like third fourth fifth round but not obviously not first um so tight end biggest need on the team Mm -hmm. we talked about this scheme John DeFilippo Andy Reid Frank Wright um you name it they all got their their tight ends John DeFilippo does not have that guy clearly Plenty of them in the draft. Yep. So, thankfully, you know, this is an area we could definitely address. You can get you an Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get you a Noah Fant from Iowa. from Iowa. Or you can mm-hmm. get you a Hawkinson from Iowa. Uh, you know, even after that, Jordan talked about it. Even after that, there's guys you can get yeah. that can, you know, uh, help you out there. So, interior offensive lineman, I said that. Um, Brandon Linder is very good when he's on the field at center. Uh, but he's he's been injury prone, and Tyler Shatley has played a lot of games for him. I think I counted seven last year, mm-hmm. and it was at least four after that. So that's you know we're talking eleven games in the last two years. So yeah, they could use a backup center. They could use a backup. Uh, clearly, could use a, a right guard because AJ Cannon is just not good. So that's one offensive tackle we talked on that. Jeremy Parnell got released. Oldest player on the team or was. So you need a new starting right tackle. Safety, they lost to Sean Gibson. But me and Josh actually talked on this. Ronnie Harrison played very well last year despite going on IR. And um, Gerard Wilson is has been good in, in spot duties for Tashawn Gibson. So it's not that big of a need, but they might need some depth behind those two guys. So yeah. I agree with that. So uh, that's where we lie on the Jaguars. Um, hopefully we turn it around. This year, we'll see uh, the schedule's much harder. You know, it, it's the last two years we had cupcake schedules, third easiest schedules, I think, in the last two years. This yeah. year, it's not going to be that. They got, like, the third hardest schedule <laughs> this year, like, literally. I looked at the strength of schedule. It's ridiculous. They play the Chiefs. Um, you know, they play um, a bunch of other teams that's escaping me right now. I mean, they playing a clearly better Indianapolis Colts team twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing the, the Texans who give them fits, Titans who give them fits. It's just. That's why I was upset when I said, um, you said they had the, one of the easiest schedules last mm-hmm. year. If they would just been mature enough, they probably could have. 
They should have at least got nine wins. They could have won the division. Yeah. It's, it's with a coach slow start and the Texans right. limping into the playoffs. Right. Yeah, or, I mean, I won't even say that, like nine, but they should have been much better than five wins. Yeah. I mean, better, yeah, I mean, way, yeah, way they had a, a lot of their offensive linemen was injured. But, I mean, if you look at how they played in 2017, they if they would have played that way this year, they could have limped their way into eight wins. Yeah. You know, like five wins, though? Yeah. That's just – it's just horrible. They just look, yeah, they look yeah. bad and almost. I I mean I I felt Phil's pain when he said he didn't want to watch anymore because I I want to I wouldn't want to watch that showing after they when me and Phil watched the Dallas uh, Dallas and Jaguars game and they just look. Be honest, they look. I like think they, I was there with y'all. You did. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember I came into town late. We was at the uh, when it um they was Ash apartment when it they were. You were there for that. I watched one game with y'all. No, that was the Dallas Cowboys and somebody else. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't the Jazz, though. That yeah. was, wasn't that Thanksgiving? No, that wasn't Thanksgiving. But it was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But it wasn't the Jazz. It was, I, know, I know me and Phil watching them together. Mm-hmm. It was just the Jazz didn't look like they didn't even belong on the field the way Mm-mm. they let Prescott carve them up like that. Right. Right. So. And like I said, they just, they reminded me of the old team from two years ago where right. they didn't have any discipline. And they were just all over the place. Right. So, so I mean, like, I think the good thing is that, you know, like I say, Foles is good enough. If you get the tight end and you get – you fix right guard, them just those two positions being fixed alone, may, and, and, you know, getting Leonard Fournette healthy back, just, that, that make a world of difference for this team. Yeah. It should make a world of difference for them because, I mean – Again, Fournette clearly their number one weapon. With John Filippo, you would think like they want to be more of a pass-oriented team, and that's why I say the tight end helps. So, um, you you got the young receivers that uh, you. I mean, like you look at. I don't look at it no differently than the Eagles. They don't have a number one guy per se, but their committee approach gets the job. I mean, yeah, they got Ertz, but I'm talking about receivers, wide yeah. receivers. Yeah. You know, they have Alshon Jeffrey, but he didn't even get a thousand yards this year. You know, they have these other guys, but... Well, he was hurt for half the year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hurt a, a good bulk of the year. But, I like get, I said, I that, what you're, saying. you're right. A committee approach will get it done. With If you get a tight end in there, you can run the ball like you previously did. Yeah. It'll get it done. So, we'll see. Time will tell. The draft's going to be interesting for them, um, of course. Hope so that'll be a learning lesson for them. Well, I hope so. I hope so. And I don't even need to get on the front office. I, I'll say that for another podcast, <laughs> Tom Coughlin and company. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that being said, that's uh, going to wrap it up for episode five. Once again, another Action Pack episode. Hopefully, in the next one, we'll just bring out some more college content. We really talk college today. But um, look forward to that in six, seven, eight, and so on and so on to the draft. Um, again, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Anchor, Spotify, Radio Public. I don't know if we on Deezer yet, but I think typically when you're on Radio Public, you're on Deezer too. So um, I'll look into that. Uh, any future projects, Josh, or anything you want to talk about? I know you mentioned the Captain Marvel uh, thing earlier today, and I saw it on Twitter where you mentioned it as well. Um, and that, that's anything you're trying to get done, like a podcast on that or, or, or whatever the case may be? Yeah, we got some future stuff coming. Um not only just Captain Marvel, but I guess the whole MCU universe. I mean, in a month, the whole the whole phase one is going to be complete. So, All right. Um, guessing we want to do a whole 
podcast about that. Right. Um, and not only that, Disney, you know, Disney bringing X-Men into the equation now, right? Yeah, so across? hopefully yeah. we get some crossovers. Um, hopefully we get some stuff in the comics that um, wasn't possible before, you know, with these with the deals that they had before. Um, we need that. We need that. Um, we need my, my girl X-23 leading the Young Avengers. I want to see the Young Avengers, bro. That's what I want to see. But I don't know. Like, I ain't going to get my hopes up, bro. I ain't going to do it, though. Um, like <laughs> me and you talked about before, uh, I think it was a month ago or something like that, uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man got the most combined appearances mm-hmm. together in the comics. So, I mean, for that to never happen, it was never happened in the movie, live action Ridiculous. movie before. Um, hopefully, you know, going into phase two, we can get something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also back to, um, this, uh, side of the podcast, um, if you guys got any questions, yeah. um, or hit us up on Twitter, Mm -hmm. Instagram, or, um, my Snapchat's links in the, please do on the, uh, on my page. But if you guys got any questions for me or Jay, um, you'd like for us to answer, uh, just hit us up. We'll definitely get around to it on the next podcast. Gladly will. And also sponsors while he on that. Anybody listening in that want to sponsor us? Um, I know, like, we've been getting a lot of people from Anchor been following me on uh, Instagram. Right. So they found a way to link the podcast to my account somehow. Um, I don't know. Because you only can search with hashtags in Anchor, which is, I don't know. I mean, in, um, in Instagram. So I don't know how that, but anyway, apparently some folks listen. <laughs> Did you use your email? Huh? Did they use your email? I don't think so. I don't know how. Like, But it's a lot of folks that have run an anchor podcast that's been following me. So anyway, anybody listening, sponsorships, or or um, anybody that want to give us a sponsorship slot, we'll gladly slot you into the podcast somewhere or shoot a commercial for you, whatever the case may be. Hint, hint, Clico. Um <laughs> Because we'll definitely take all the bottles y'all can send us. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll take um any sponsorships as well. Uh, for those of you who are listening in, but uh, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I think that's it. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of future projects, I really don't have anything else for right, right now. Um, I guess we're gonna wait till the end game uh comes along. Yep. Gonna do is, some draft which, work. Yeah, which is the same weekend as the draft, so it's gonna be yeah. a special weekend. Yeah, look out for that. The end game um takes the draft takes, especially uh after the second day of the draft. You can pretty much no, nah, well I say yeah, second day because the third round and second day yeah. So we'll probably do something after the first and second round. You know, give our takes live from Jacksonville or something. We'll yeah. we'll do something for y'all. Yeah. And we'll get it up, whether that be on YouTube. You know, we might move into the YouTube phase or continue to do it here on um, Anchor or, or through a podcast format. So be on the lookout for that. Um, in terms of me, uh, really, all I'm really going to be doing the next few days on Jazz Wire is draft work. I'm going to look into doing some, like, radio appearances and, like, the Jacksonville radio uh, in the media. Right. Perhaps. So look out for that and shoot some draft takes that way. Of course, we'll have draft content on um, Jags Wire. We'll also have, um, you know, if anything happens in free agency on Jags Wire, you know, we're just going to be looking at at all the needs the Jaguars need to address, um, you know, the the things that need to be taken care of and in the training camp, uh, this, that, and the other. So be on the lookout for that. Shout outs to Phil and Jacob. And uh, my man Jackson Freiberger, who helped me out there. So uh, that'll do it. You got something? 
Yeah, uh, breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sad to report. I mean, we heard about this earlier, but uh, Nipsey Hussle has been reported dead. Uh, I think he got shot Christ. outside of the shopping center. Oh, God. Um, it's a sad day, man. So, it's sad news. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my words now. Um, it just happened this Sunday afternoon before we started recording this. Right, um, outside his shopping center. Yeah, they just uh, pronounced him dead. So, we're definitely going to keep his uh, family in prayer. Yeah, Lauren um, London and his kids. Our condolences, man. This is this is a sad day. It, it, it shouldn't be. Well, it shouldn't happen at all, man. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's uh tragic, disheartening, man. man mm-hmm. If we keep doing this to uh each other, yeah. And we talking about Nipsey here, a young man who um, not right. only like he, not only did he like his music was you know banging and i mean like to a degree influential and that we liked it but like he was a guy that was coming around as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and he was finally coming around as a guy that wanted to do for the black community that's exactly why he opened that shopping center you're right back to his own community. right right he was like this to happen it's just he was turning it all around in terms of uh being a better person you know and then yeah. and then this happens which is Unfortunate and man, we I mean we we gotta stop this at some point, man. We, Makes no sense, man. No, nah, not not an ounce of sense, man. And like I said, we Josh just said he's a man that was providing for his family the right way, um, providing for his uh, him and Lauren and married so his girl the right way, his kids and his mother and his father and this that and other cousins the right way, and showing us how to do it the right way uh, through the internet, you know. Through um, music videos, we've seen him working with T.I. and all of them mm-hmm. uh, in music videos and Drake and this, that, and the other. Somebody who was getting the job done the right way, and it had to end like this. Sad day for hip-hop, man. So, Sad day for people all around. It's so, uh, rest uh, in peace, Nipsey. Um, God bless your family. Our condolences to your family. Yep. And, um, you know, hopefully you know this ain't gonna be in vain and we're gonna turn this around one day as people yeah so um that being said we'll wrap it up um once again signing off on the back shoulder fade episode five james johnson and joshua samson signing out wild see <laughs>